why would a loving God allow bad things to happen? Why would a God who, who loves us so much allow me to endure pain in this life? If God is in control of every situation, why is our world in utter chaos? These are questions I get almost every day in ministry. And, and, and in these moments, it's so easy to feel abandoned by God. God, where are you? God, I need your presence in my life, but I do not feel you in this moment. I want everybody to realize this, that even Jesus himself had some terrible experiences in this life. Jesus, he experienced bad things. He experienced corrupt people. He experienced evil. He experienced loss. He experienced temptation. You're not alone. In Matthew 27, this, this, is, this is Jesus hanging on a cross, taking on the sins of the world. And, and this is what it says. It says, from noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama shabakani, which means my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In the Greek, cried out literally means to scream. He is screaming. Forsaken means rejected, deserted, let go, abandoned. So Jesus is hanging on a cross and he is screaming, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Carrying the sins of the world on his back. Feeling pain. This is how Jesus was feeling. But it's also a reference to Psalm 22. Psalm 22, one starts off with, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It continues in Psalm twenty-two sixteen. You can kind of see what's taking place and what was being endured in that moment. It says, dogs surround me. A pack of villains encircles me. They pierce my hands and my feet. All my bones are on display. People stare and gloat over me. They divide my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment. But you, Lord, do not be far from me. You are my strength. Come quickly to help me. So, so in this moment, this is what Jesus is experiencing. He's feeling pain. He's, he's going through so many different things, but really the most important thing is in this moment is he's comforting his followers. He's saying, everything is gonna be okay. This was all part of the plan. That was written over a thousand years before Jesus hung on a cross. It was prophecy of what was going to take place. Now here's the thing, even though he knew God did not abandon him, he felt abandoned by everyone, by, by Judas, by his disciples, by, by the crowd. He was beaten, humiliated, hanging on a cross with no clothes, carrying our sin, pain of rejection, hurting. I want you to know this this morning. You are not alone. Our Savior has endured everything that you have to endure in this life. 
I don't know your situation. I don't know what you're going through currently. I don't know what you went through 10, 15, 20 years ago in your life. It could be something that your parents did or an uncle. It, it could be your spouse that you like, man, I put my everything into this person and they walked out the door or a close friend that you entrusted them in every possible way and they stabbed you in the back or in an employer who treated you wrongly. Maybe you lost a loved one or you were diagnosed with a sickness. It hurts deeply, but it hurts even more in those moments when you feel like, man, God, he forgot about me. God has abandoned me. God, where were you? Where are you in the middle of this pain? Where were you when that took place? One of the darkest moments in my life was when my uncle passed away abruptly. He was in his 40s. I was 19 years old. I had no idea what to do. This, this, this guy was like a second father in my life. He was at all my football games, all my baseball games. He was like the, the cool dad, okay? So I could go with him and I, I could just be myself and it was awesome. When I lost him, it was, it was the darkest moment of my life. I remember for months, even years, crying out to God in my room, on the floor, just, it's just me and God and I'm crying out to God, God, why would you allow this to happen? Why? Look at what our family is going through. Look what his children are going through. God, why weren't you there? We serve you. We go to church like six times a week. God, we're faithful to you. Why aren't you faithful to us? And in those moments, screaming out to God, God, where are you? Is this life even worth living in anymore? Feeling all alone. Everybody in this room, everybody watching online, you will experience something like this in your life. When you question God, God, where are you? God, where were you? And in these moments, we can so easily end up rejecting God, doubting God, saying, God, you're not good. You're not faithful. I'm not gonna run to you anymore. We can stop reading our Bible. We can stop, we can stop going to church. We can stop leaning in to God. We have an option. Right now, we're in a message series that's called Why I Don't Go to Church. And one of the biggest reasons why so many people are not going to church or why people are stopping going to church is because of doubt. It's doubt. Doubt in his existence. Is, is he real? Is he really there? What's, what's going on? Doubt in his followers, where we look at people who say, man, I love God, but then their life doesn't match the same. So many people, they look at situations in their life and say, man, how could God be real? Why would he let something so terrible take place in my life or in this world? If he's real, he isn't good. He isn't faithful because he abandoned me. Today, we're gonna to be talking about something that I feel like is so important. This should be the safest place to bring questions up about God. Because what I can tell you is he is not afraid 
of your questions. He's not afraid of your doubts. This is a place where you can come into this place, come into the presence of God and find clarity, find hope. Today, we're gonna be talking about when you feel abandoned by God. Would you bow your heads and pray with me today? Lord Jesus, I thank you for your church, Lord. I pray, God, that in this room today, healing will take place. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you will help us understand even more so that our hope is not in things of this world, but it is in you. You hold our today, you hold our tomorrow, you hold our future. So I pray, God, that in this room today and online, that you would increase our faith in you to know that even in the depths of our pain in our life, you are not far. In your name I pray, amen. Amen. So in life, we, we're gonna go through pain. We're gonna go through pain. And, and in those moments of pain, hurt, loss, we run. You run one or two places. You either run away from God and say, you know what, maybe the world has something that, that, can, that can fill this void, that can feel this pain, or you can run to God. Today, I plead with you, despite what the world has to offer, it is a false security. It is a false hope. Run to God. Run to him. He is our hope. He is our certainty. So in this message today, we're gonna to talk, how can you run to God? Because this moment that I've had in my life and probably will endure again in some facet, we will all face. So in those moments in our life, how do we run to God? I wanna talk about three right responses when we feel abandoned by God. Now this first one, this, is, this might feel so elementary. It might be like, man, of course, absolutely. But it's something that's so important. First thing is this, remind yourself God loves you and is with you. Remind yourself. Remind yourself of who he is. Remind yourself of what he's already brought you through. Remind yourself of the goodness of God. I want you to know this church, even on your worst day, he has not left you. On the darkest moment in your life, he was right by your side. How do I know that? That's what scripture tells us over and over and over again. In Hebrews 13, five, it says, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what? you have. Because God has said, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. He's saying, don't, don't put your trust in things that are going to fade away. Something that rusts, something that tarnishes. He's, no, no, no. I'm right here. I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. And since God is with you, you are not alone. In Matthew 28, 20, this is right after Jesus gives the great commission to us and to his disciples. Continuing, it says, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. To the very end of the age, he is right there. 
you may feel lonely. You may feel abandoned. It may be hard right now. But what scripture tells us is he is right by your side. He will always see you through. And since God is not far away, what can we do? We can take our hard questions to him. Take your concerns to him. We don't serve a savior who, who's so far away, who's just watching our lives and he's like, well, good luck to them. No, 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 no. We serve an intimate savior who cares for you deeply, who loves you unconditionally. Take your concerns, take your prayers to him. In Hebrews 4, 15, it says, this high priest of ours understands our weaknesses. He understands what you're going through. For he faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Go to the throne of grace boldly. Pray bold prayers. Ask bold questions. Bring up bold concerns. I want you to know you are a child of the most high God. You are an heir to the throne. You don't need to call on Mary. You don't need to call on a saint. You don't need to call on another entity. You have a direct line to the King of Kings in the Lord of Lords. You can enter the throne room boldly. He loves you. He wants to hear from you. Sometimes in prayer, this is something that is, that is for us. It's like, man, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. Does it even matter? Yes, it matters. Call on his name. You're his child. You are an heir. He's not intimidated or scared by any of it. He's not scared. Why did this happen? You didn't, you didn't do anything. God, bring it to him. So from the time I was five years old, actually probably younger, probably three years old, my dad gave me a baseball bat, okay? And, and, and that was my life for so many years in my life. You know, I remember playing in a house, putting holes in the wall. This is what I'm gonna do. This is, so from a very, very young age, I started going to showcases. I started getting pitching lessons. I'm like, this is my ticket. This is, this is how I'm gonna make it. And this very easily became my identity. I was a baseball player. I'm gonna go play in college. This is what it's gonna be. Now, finally, high school came around and it was like, okay, scouts are coming to games, things are taking place. We're, we're talking to college coaches, all these great things, the things that we knew were gonna happen at a very young age. Now, some, some crazy stuff took place my senior year. In our very first game of the year, we were playing Palm Harbor University. Those guys, man, those guys. So we're playing Palm Harbor. In the very first inning of me pitching, I threw my arm out. So I tore my UCL and my elbow. And in that moment, if you know anything, it's, I basically, I needed Tommy John surgery. And what that means is I'm done, <laughs> right? Th th there isn't really anything else after this for me. This was my identity. Where do I even go from here? I mean, I was upset at God, but my dad was like, God, what in the world? I've paid a lot of money for all these lessons and all these different things. God, what's going on? 
I had no idea what to do. I was upset. I was scared. Here's the thing. When you're an athlete, what do you put your time into? It's not the books. Okay. So I had a very bad GPA. It was like 2.2. Okay. I'm like, I guess I'm going to St. Pete College. I guess that's what it's going to be for me. But, but here's the thing. In the moment, I was like, God, why would you allow me to do this? this I was going to be like Tim Tebow, man, like putting eye black on, John 3.16. Like, I'm going to make your name famous, God. And he took it away. Now, in that moment and for years following, I'm like, I have no idea what I'm going to do. I don't know. I guess I'll go to school and get some more C's, I, I guess. <laughs> for real. I failed a lot in college. God restored it. But I, I, I didn't know what to, now here's the thing though. Looking back 14, 13 years later, what I can see is through that pain, I saw the goodness of God. If I would have gone to, gone to college, I wouldn't have gone in state. I would have gone out of state. I wouldn't have been here. I would not have met my wife when I did. I might not have the children that I have today. I may not be in ministry. I don't know what God protected me from, but what I do know is he brought me to where exactly where he wanted me to be. Sometimes we get clarity, we get insight, we get mercy, peace, grace, and strength, and he meets us there. And he says, listen, I've got you. And he gives us the strength to make it another day. I want you to know, since God is with you, this is just a part of your story. That pain, the thing you're going through today, it's just a portion of your story. It's not the entire story. A lot of times when people go through pain, when they go through hurt, it's like, this is just always how it's going to be. I'm just going to live in this pain. I'm going to live in this depression. I'm just going to continue. This is how it's going to be. When people are going through pain, it's so easy to feel this way. I want you to know that being on the cross was just a part of Jesus's story. It was just a part of his story. There was purpose in his pain. What was the purpose? He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment brought us peace and the ability to be healed from our sin. That was a part of the story. That wasn't the end of the story. If you know the story, you know what happened. He rose from the grave. These are words of Jesus in John 16, It says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will, you will have trouble. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. When we're going through life, when we're going through pain, it's a page, it's a chapter, it's not the book. Don't let one moment of pain, one moment in your story, define the rest of your life. God is with you. If you've ever read a book, which I don't do too often, but I'm starting to. If you've ever read a book, the ending is the best part. The ending's the best part. What's the end of this story? He is coming again. He is coming for his bride, the church. 
Yes, he defeated sin. Yes, he, he, he died. Yes, he rose again. He ascended to heaven and he's coming for his bride, the church. I look back at challenging moments in my life and have seen other challenging moments in other people's lives and it's amazing what distance will do. If we allow God to move and to, to give us new eyes to see things, he will give us clarity. He will give us a new trust in him to know that he is faithful in every situation. Not just in some situations, but in every situation, he's faithful. He's there. He's good. He's just. He's loving. And he hasn't forgot about you. That moment was a part of your story. It was painful. It hurt. But that's not the end of your story. It's not the end of your story. So what's the next thing that we can do? Turn our why God into what God. When we face difficult chapters, it feels like, God, where, where are you? I can tell you something. He's trying to tell you something. He's trying to teach you something in this moment. So I have three questions that you can ask yourself. The first one is this, God, what do you want to teach me? What do you want to teach me, God? In Hebrews 5, 8, it says, even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from the things he suffered. Jesus, he stayed on the cross because he understood his what. He understood his what. It's important to ask what, not just why, because when we just begin to ask why, we begin to question the goodness of God. We begin to question his character, his love, his promises, Lean into what, what is there to learn from this pain? The next thing you can ask is, God, what do you want to do in me? What do you want to do in me, God? So Paul in the Bible, he asked God multiple times, God, remove this thorn from my flesh. Remove this pain. We don't know what it is. People argue about what it is. But what we do know is that it tormented him daily. In 2 Corinthians 12, it says this, or because of these surpassingly great revelations. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. God didn't stay at the, why God? God, why are you allowing this thorn in my flesh? No, no, he turned it into, what God? He realized, and God, what, what is this? Oh, you're trying to keep me from becoming conceited. Bad days reveal who we truly are on the inside. It shows our weaknesses. It shows what's been a hindrance in our life. It shows most importantly though, our desperate need for a savior. On my good days, I need God. On my bad days, on my painful days, I need God. So steward this pain. Steward it well. God, what, what are you wanting to do in me? The next thing you can ask is, what do you want to do through me? What do you want to do through me, God? We encounter troubles, trials on Jesus's worst day. A day where he felt abandoned. On a day where he was beaten on a day he was massacred so badly you could see his bones hanging on a cross on his worst day. He paid the debt for all humanity 
on the cross. There was purpose in his pain. Hebrews 12, 2, it says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus was able to endure this pain with joy because he had his mind on the what? His purpose. You were his what? We were his what? He thought about us on the cross, making a way where there seemed to be no way. You look at all the things that Paul had to endure, this thorn in his side, but also so many difficult things, getting beaten, all these, I mean, we could talk about that for a whole message. He ended up writing a huge portion of the New Testament, raising up great leaders like Timothy. God can use our greatest pain as a launching pad for our greatest calling. Our greatest misery comes out of our, to be our greatest ministry. God allows these things in our life, not just so we be like, man, woe is me, but we can say, whoa, look how good God is. It's, it's, we, we don't have to just say, man, this is the pain I've gone through. No, no, God wants to use that pain. The things that look terrible, he will turn it around and make something good out of it. In Acts 14, it says, strengthen the disciples and encouraging them to re- remain true to the faith. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Listen, following Jesus and in, in, in the Bible, it, it isn't this fairy tale. Our best life is not now. Our best life is in the kingdom that is to follow. We're going to go through many things. It's not a beautiful aesthetic Instagram reel where you're like, man, praise God, getting in God's word just is so easy all the time. No, no, it is hard. I've got to pick up my cross every single day and follow God. I've got to deny my flesh. I've got to starve my flesh so I can walk in things of God. It's not easy, but he will take your pain and what you've been through and make it your message. Man, look what God did in my life. Look at the goodness of God. Listen, I know you're going through a difficult time, but here's what God did in my life. From experience, listen, God took my pain. He's, he's took my hurt. He's redeemed it fully, and he uses it today. He's given me a huge heart for the broken, for the lost, because that's where I was. I was broken. I was lost. I was confused. I wanted to chase after the things of this world. I'm able to speak to people. People who are mourning a loss, I'm able to just go and sit with them and love them right where they are. People who have addiction or walking through addiction, I've been there. I have a heart for those people. That's my story. And I'm able to minister to people that are going through those situations. I can tell you this, God doesn't just want to use me. He wants to use you too. If you allow him to heal the broken pieces of your heart, the parts that we don't like to talk about, the parts that we try to keep hidden, he will take that and he will allow that to be your greatest ministry. And the final thing is this, what what can we do? How can we run after God? in times of darkness. 
when you can't trace God's hand, trust his heart. Trust his heart. In those times of pain, it's easy to feel like, God, where are you? Are you real? Do you really have a plan and a purpose for my life? Are you really gonna work this for good? Trust his heart. In Hebrews, it says he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God, I know you are faithful. I know you are right by my side. You're right here, even in my pain. You look at Radshak, Meshach, and Abednego. God did not spare them from the fiery furnace. He spared them in the fiery furnace. Daniel, he was not spared from the lion's den. He was spared in the lion's den. They still went. There was worry. There was, there was pain. What, what, what's going to happen? Be patient. He's faithful. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's in the storm. He's in the fire. He's in the den. The Jesus that we serve is not powerless. The Jesus we serve has power. Power to heal. Power to restore. Power to turn the, the, the bad things and the evil in your life and make something beautiful. But not for your glory, but for the glory of God. Jesus, he could have gone off the cross. He could have been like, yo, that's too much for me. I think I've had enough for one day. No, no, no. But he stayed and he trusted his heavenly father's plan. He trusted him. God, I know what you're doing. I know what's gonna happen. And in Luke 23, 46, it said, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. I'm going through this, God, but I'm committing my spirit to you. When he had said this, he breathed his last breath. He took it on himself to get victory over death and sin. He trusted his heavenly father's plan. Even though it was hard, even though it was terrible, it was so much, he was even like, God, if there's any way this cup can pass from me, if there's any other way, it was hard, but he was willing to do it for you. He was willing to do it for them. He was willing to do it for the people that aren't even hearing this message and now are walking with God. Don't let your bad days turn down your trust in God. He's faithful. He's close to the brokenhearted. He saves those who are crushed in spirit. I love this verse in 2 Corinthians. It says, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us, by you and me, to the glory of God. Amen, it means certainty or truth. It's certain. It's going to happen. His promises are yes in Christ, and they are certain. So how do we turn up our faith? How do we turn up our trust? Turn up our trust by saying amen to the promises of God. There are so many promises in his scripture. Read those promises. The amen follows by us. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Amen, God. 
I don't feel you right now, God, but I know your heart. I know you're good. I know you're right by my side. You're never going to leave me. You're never going to forsake me. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. Amen, God. I don't know how you're going to turn this situation around, but I know you are right by my side. I can't feel you, God, but I know your promises, so I'm clinging to your promises. Amen, God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. Amen, God. God, I, I just need this little thing, but I know, God, you're gonna do more than what I'm even asking, Lord. You can do more than I could ask, more than I could think, more than I could fathom. God, you are right by my side, amen. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Amen, God. Amen, God. Your character has not changed even on my worst day. It's hard, but I trust you. I don't understand it all, but I trust you. Even when I cannot trace your hand, I can trust your heart. I can trust your word. It doesn't return void. It's truth. Cling to these promises in your life. I truly believe that today, God is healing hearts. Not just from things that you're going through in this moment, but from things you've gone through five, 10, 20, 40 years ago. He's gonna bring healing into your heart. Chase after him. Chase after him. In the Bible, he's described as the good shepherd. He lays down his life for his sheep. But what else does the good shepherd do? Is he will leave the 99 to get you. To get you. In your life, you may feel all alone. In your life, you may be running from God right now in this moment. I want you to know that the fact that you're even hearing this message means that the good shepherd is chasing after you. He's chasing after you. He's saying, son, daughter, come back home. And when we say yes, when we humble ourselves, what he does is he puts us over his shoulder. He's like, come on back, son. Welcome back into the kingdom of God. No matter what you're going through in this life, I want you to know this. Our God is more than able no matter what pain you're going through, he's right by your side. No matter how great your sin is, you may feel like, man, how can I walk into this church? I'm not on fire yet. It doesn't matter how great your sin is, his love is greater. But what do we need to do? Open our hearts to him and say, God, have your way. Have your way in my heart. God, I'm living for you. I'm not going to live for the things of this world anymore because what I do know is I'm, I'm broken and I need you to heal me. I need you to forgive me. Would you bow your heads and pray with me? Maybe you're in here today and say, man, I'm that lost sheep. He's chasing after you. He's saying, come just how you are. Doesn't matter your pain. Doesn't matter your shame. Doesn't matter your regret. It doesn't matter what sin you're living in, he will bring the healing. If you're in here today and say, I want a relationship with God. 
I'm gonna say, you know what? My, the goal of my life is changing today. I am serving the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. What I'm gonna ask you to do is on the count of three, just to raise your hand and I'm gonna say a prayer for you. One, two, three. Amen. Amen. You can put your hands down. The Bible says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe that he rose on the third day, you will be saved. So if you just raised your hand, what I'm gonna ask you to do is let's kickstart this relationship with God. Talk to your father. He's been wanting to hear from you. He's been longing for you, just like you've been longing for him. Declare his lordship over your life. Say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. I need you. I need a fresh start. I need a new heart. I'm committing myself to you, Lord Jesus. I'm gonna say a prayer for you right now. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the people who are receiving you as your Lord and Savior right now. I pray, Lord Jesus, that in their life, Lord Jesus, that they will put to death the things of this world and that they will chase after you. We declare, God, that you are our Savior, God, that you are our friend, and that you're the only thing that matters in this world. Forgive us. Today, God, we're changing the goal of our life. We're repenting. We're saying, God, it's not about me anymore. It's about you. Creating us a clean heart, Lord Jesus. We love you, God. In your name I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Pastor Andrew. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. Would you stand with me now to receive your blessing? And as the altar prayer team comes to the front, I wanna encourage you, if you raised your hand, as soon as I say this blessing over you and we dismiss, please come see one of these altar prayer team members. We have a book for you called A Fresh Start with God that we just wanna give you as a gift to help you in this journey and we wanna pray with you. And if you'd like prayer for any reason, please come up as well. But to receive your blessing right now, if you would open your hearts to the Lord, if you like, some people around you'll notice if their palms turned upward and you can do that too if you like. May the Lord bless you wherever you are in your life right now. May the Lord bless you if you're in a place where you cannot see his hand. May he bless you with the sight of his heart and may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We love you, church. Have a wonderful Sunday.